What are you doing, Doc? I need fuel. <laughs> Give me fuel. Take the fly. Ship me trains and out of sight. Now, here are your hosts, John Eddie Jr. and Tom Tuttle. Welcome back to another episode of Fantasy Fuel. We have just entered the week between the Super Bowl and the NFC Championship and AFC Championship games. So, we've made it. I don't (laughs) think many of us are happy. Um, I know you weren't rooting for Tom Brady to make the Super Bowl. I wasn't no. rooting for Tom Brady to make the Super Bowl. We were both rooting for Josh Allen to make the Super Bowl. I think we're a little disappointed, but um, yeah, I'm gotta... okay with the the Chiefs. Honestly, I don't care too much about Mahomes. He's not a dislikable character to me, at least not yet. Not until he wins yet. seven <laughs> Super Bowls or something right. like that, and all of a sudden everybody hates him. But Tom Brady, I th- I don't know anyone personally that wanted Tom Brady no. to go to another Super Bowl. I'm sure there's obviously all the Bucks fans, and I'm sure there's some New England Patriot fans that were like, I told you it was him, it wasn't Belichick, you mm, know, all that stuff. Yeah. But and it, it's it just stinks. Like, he's still <laughs> got enough, even if he's not that great. The things that you would think he sh- he should be able to do, he still finds a way to, to win the game to get it into the Super Bowl, and it, it's frustrating to watch, but it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, we live in Packer country, so you and I both Oof. have been hearing just how badly the Packers got screwed over for the last yeah. few days, and I'm like, I, I mean, you guys had Honestly, a shot even with all that, so, you know, it is the what one, it is. The one call was bad. Right. I will 100% say that. The other ones, though, after looking at them again, it's like, you know what? That last one at the end of the game there, that was a clear hold. I mean, what are you going to do? He flopped. The wide receiver completely flopped on purpose. And I mean, I get that, but it, it, it's a penalty. It, it is. The, the, reasons, the reasons the Packers lost, yes, you can say something about that first call, but – Aaron Rodgers had a wide open gaping hole on third and goal at the end of that game, and he did not run it. He tried to force it. That's a Brett Favre move. I mean, it is. He's trying to make something happen with his arm when he had some other option. And then there's another one. What was the – oh, Adams completely dropping that yeah. ball in the end zone early in that game and then being out of bounds catching that ball. That's another – I mean, that I'm not going to say that's a mistake. That happened. It just – but. There was somebody else. Lazard was way more open than Adams was on that play. He caught it out of the back of the end zone. Mm, you watched yes, the replay on that one. I was that's like, true. how did he not see the guy closer to him with nobody on him? But yep. And then, and then Ecunamius uh, St. Brown. Oh, the two-pointer. That two-point oh. conversion. It did get tipped, but it was right in his that, hands. It, <laughs> it didn't look it like really it would have affected any. Buddy, on that play, like I, I it didn't even have. know it was tipped until I think you put something in the chat between you and I and Seth, and I was like, "It did." What are you talking about? And then I saw the replay. I was like, "Okay, yeah, his finger touched it, but it didn't look like it changed the trajectory hardly at all." It didn't enough to where he shouldn't have caught it, but he was probably expecting it like in his body area, and it came out exactly where it was supposed to be, maybe <laughs> because of maybe. the tip, and he still missed it. I. I I don't understand how you missed that, but 
at the end of the day, they had opportunities that they did not capitalize on. And I just want to say before we move on, that whole Aaron Rodgers should have ran it in for the touchdown. I just have to say, even if he wouldn't have gotten into the end zone, he would have ran it close enough where going for it on fourth and goal would have been a much better choice to make at that point. That's another topic that... They should they should have went for it on fourth down. Originally, I was thinking it must be a calculation move that it had they have been. spreadsheets for and whatnot. But it's, at the end of the day, you're thinking you're you're right. You're at the five yard line, six yard line, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. You get one play to make that. Otherwise, you have two minutes and you're giving it to the other team. You're, it's the chances of you getting a touchdown there is it has to be extremely low. Yeah, like the chances of you getting a touchdown on one play from the six yard line has to be higher has to be higher yeah but i, I don't know it, it a lot of little things that added up to the packers losing that game and it it sucks but it's an it's something the packers are gonna have to live with packer fans are gonna have to live <laughs> with and people that don't like tom brady are yep. gonna have to live with <laughs> yep it'll be <laughs> pretty interesting. much includes all of us yeah i mean it's it's gonna be one or the other either we're gonna talk about Maybe a new dynasty starting with Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady does his thing and he takes his dynasty wherever he goes. Either one of them I'm not real thrilled to talk about after the Super Bowl, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll take what we get because we don't have a choice. <laughs> but anyway, we are on to week three of us overanalyzing our preseason rankings and this one might not be as bad. I haven't really looked where <laughs> ours were compared to the others, and there's going to be some bad ones, but there's going to be yeah. some good ones too. Um, but we are on wide receivers this week, so uh, just a couple of things before we get into it because there was a couple of uh, wide receiver tidbits in the news, and one of them, which we will get to soon, which I don't know that I had – no, I didn't have – high enough at all even though i tried to get him in most of my leagues talking about stefan Diggs, he says he is feeling inspired and motivated by the end of his first year in buffalo and obviously he had one amazing season i don't think anybody expected that out of stefan Diggs. and again we'll when we get to our rankings of him we'll talk more about it but that is a good sign that he's happy where he's at even though it was kind of a a, a tough loss. They really didn't have a oh, chance yeah. in the AFC Championship game. Unfortunately, it was it was pretty mm-hmm. much over right away. But somebody else that was in the playoffs is feeling good about themselves too. Um, Scotty Miller uh, <laughs> apparently says he's faster than Tyreek Hill. Uh, I would love to see him and Tyreek yeah. in you know a hundred yard dash or whatever they want to do, but. I just don't know that Scotty Miller is quite as fast as Tyreek. <laughs> I, I that would be insane if he was. I don't expect that at all out of him. He doesn't no. look like the type of guy that can run super fast. He's fast, right? Wrong, but Tyreek is just ridiculously fast. We've seen him beat pretty much everybody that he's raced, and I I can't imagine <laughs> that Scotty Miller is faster than Tyreek Hill now. I I don't I don't know if Scotty Miller has any room to talk about 
anything <laughs> because he dropped one of the easiest balls he could have caught in that game as well. He did. And and I after dropping a ball like that, knowing that you could have won it, if if they would have lost, that would have been something I would have right. people would have talked about. But knowing a drop ball like that, I would just say, you know what, Tyreek doesn't <laughs> drop balls like that. I'm not going to talk about me possibly being <laughs> faster than him when you probably aren't in the first place. Right. Now, I think it was more of a tongue-in-cheek question in an interview where <laughs> he said, basically, I always bet on myself. So if we were to race against each other, I would still bet on me. But maybe no. deep down he knows he really isn't going to win that race. But, you know, never know. Tyreek could pull a hammy halfway through the 40-yard dash. I don't know. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, one last thing before we get to our wide receivers. Did you ever think that we would see both Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown in the Super Bowl without Ben Roethlisberger? <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, no, I would never have thought that honestly, but it, it Le'Veon really isn't in the Super Bowl. He's going to play he, this week or in the Super Bowl. They say he's going to be active for the Super Bowl, but we'll see. And, and Bra- Antonio Brown wasn't active last week either, but that was for an injury. So, he was, he's actually contributing. He has had some decent games where he's worth having on the I field. I understand that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Le'Veon has But had I'm just a saying single. like neither one of them played last week. Right. Like, yeah. They weren't the reasons <laughs> their stupid. team got to the Super Bowl. Right, so. right, right. But it just funny to see uh, I, there was a meme out there like, "Oh, you know, Le'Veon Bell and um, Antonio Brown in the Super Bowl. Meanwhile, Ben Roethlisberger's got guys that dance on TikTok <laughs> on his team. And I'm like, mm, yep, sorry, mm-hmm. you had Juju. Uh, you had a better record than uh, a lot of people, and you got bounced early. So yep. not sure what that says. But without further ado, let's uh, start on our list, in which we were all wrong with our number one overall pick. But that was everybody's number one overall ranked yeah. wide receiver. Michael Thomas just disappointed beyond measure in 2020. Yeah. We will see. I mean, there are so many questions now moving forward. Who is going to be the quarterback in New Orleans? Is it going to be Taysom Hill? Are they going to bring back Jameis Winston, try and make him the starter? Are they going to go elsewhere? Are they going to try and trade for Matt Stafford? I doubt it. But if Stafford were there, Michael Thomas would be an amazing wide receiver again. I would have no issues with him. But I I think out of all the places, if they want to compete, I wouldn't put it in the hands of Hill or or Winston. I would literally go out and get somebody like Stafford because they could still compete with somebody like that. But I don't know. I mean, maybe they trade for for Watson. I don't know what they're going to (laughs) do. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. It would be a very weird combo with what they already have. But, um, but mom, maybe it makes sense. Maybe they think Watson's a overall better quarterback than Hill, which I think we all can oh, agree on sure. that. But he has, he has the same abilities that Hill does as well when it comes to running around and, and doing that type of thing. But at the end of the day, Michael Thomas's value is probably going to drop unless somebody like Stafford comes in there and we can actually see. But I mean, if it if it's Watson, 
think about what he did with Hopkins. Oh, yeah. We, we'll see an, a Michael Thomas as long as he's healthy. Now, that is the right. problem right now that I'm having with Michael Thomas. It, it, it's not the fact that he underperformed with being healthy. It's just the fact he underperformed because he wasn't on the field. <laughs> and that, to me, drops him significantly going into next year because I don't like it when people get hurt and they're hurt and hurt and hurt yeah, all season. the entire year. And every week you're sitting there, is he going to play this week? Because <laughs> it was always a questionable tag behind him. Oh, you know, he might play this week, but we don't know because it's just not a good situation and blah, blah, blah. I hated it. And I, ha- I had him in one of my leagues and I just couldn't do anything with him because he never played. Yep. It was a travesty. Uh, it may rethink many people their stance on taking an elite wide receiver in the top half yeah. of the first round. It may be running back, running back, running back, running back. We may see Travis Kelsey go before Michael Thomas <laughs> next year, and that is problem, not a joke. Yeah, the problem with running back, running back, running back, I mean, look at what happens to the running backs. We covered yeah, it last week. We did. Well, there's two two running backs in the top two that didn't play, <laughs> like, at all this year. So. Yeah. That's the problem. It is a problem. Again, we're going to have to take 2020 with a grain of salt as yeah. well without the preseason and, and all that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it, I still think it's going to go mostly running backs in the first round this coming year. Oh, yeah. We sure. may see a couple wide receivers. Obviously, the actual number one overall wide receiver this year, which was my number two, Network's number two, and your number or Devontae Adams, who missed yeah. a couple of, like, two and a half games, and he still blew everybody out of the water. He was just that good in every game he was in this year uh, besides the one he didn't play in. So Devontae Adams, uh, he's probably going to be the guy that goes somewhere around six, seven, eight maybe if somebody doesn't like the running backs that are, are left out there in the middle of the first round. He'll probably be the first guy off the board, uh, at least in my opinion. Yeah, just just saying that you know I've had him at four, which isn't a terrible no, spot to no. have him. But the reason I didn't put him higher was because we were all sitting there saying Aaron Rodgers is the number twelve quarterback. Right. If there's a reason for that, then there's probably a reason to say that. Adams shouldn't be the number two guy. But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers was spot on Mm -hmm. all year, (laughs) and Adams was insane. He was ridiculous. So, yeah. I read a stat uh, just the other day. I don't have it in front of me, but it was something like um, out of 170 targets, Devontae Adams dropped two passes. The rest of the wide receivers on Green Bay had 168 targets and they dropped 16 passes. So yeah, just telling yep. you what Aaron Rodgers was working with. We saw all the Marquez Valdez scantling. Oh, mm-hmm. oh he really did drop it. <laughs> and, and Equinamius, he definitely dropped yep. a few. I'm so, I, I feel so bad because he looks like he's got it. And then he yep. does something dumb or drops a wide open pass. You're like, well, He's not getting in on the next series, and we'll it, never see him again. Took, it took Adams a few years. It as did. Well, it really did. At the beginning of his career, nobody really thought he was going to be the guy that he is right now. So we'll see what happens with Valdez Scantling. And I think Scantling kind of has proven that he's a pretty good wide receiver. He's not fantastic, yeah, but he's good enough. It, 
at St. Brown, we might have to wait a little bit on that. But we'll see what's we'll see going forward because it's still a big wild card with him. Yep, sure is. Um, so that leads us to our overall number two wide receiver, which was my six, your six, and Network's four. And yep. the only reason I didn't have him higher is because I didn't think he'd score this many touchdowns. Tyreek Hill had 15 touchdowns, and he only had 87 catches. So we know he gets the yards after the catch. We know he gets the bomb. So he's going to have some touchdowns. But he ended up getting a touchdown on ever, literally less than every six catches he was getting a touchdown. Yeah, And that's and it, pretty good. That goes to the Mahomes factor, the fact that, that their game plan is insane. I mean, they're a really good team. I honestly don't expect them to lose in this Super Bowl. I think they have the best chance of winning against Tom Brady as any team does sure. uh, in this league. Um, but you, I have to correct you. You said I was at six. I actually moved him up to five. Oh, sorry. Yeah, looking at the old list. <laughs> yep, yeah, I was. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I moved him up to five in front of who? Uh, Mike Evans. So that was a good move. That was it a good was. Move. Um, obviously, I dropped Mike Evans down, which was a good move because where I have him on the list is closer to where he actually is. <laughs> yes. In real life, but uh, it just—I think Tyreek Hill is a, a special talent, and that's why no matter who's quarterback, I think he's going to have a really good year. Oh, sure. I mean, because he's a guy that you can throw a five-yard slant to and he can take it 60 yards to the house. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have yeah. to be an amazing quarterback in order to get yards out of Tyreek Hill. That's true. So that leads us to our first surprise of the year, which I alluded yeah. to earlier, the number three overall wide receiver who led – the league in receptions led the league in yards set buffalo bills records only scored eight touchdowns but he had 127 catches 1535 yards stefan diggs was nothing short of amazing and consistent all year long i mean he, he and he's still probably going to be like the sixth or seventh wide receiver off the board next year, just because he still doesn't have that like name wow factor, you know, Devonte and Julio and Deandre and Evans and Tyreek and guys like that are still probably going to get drafted over him in the average fantasy football league. Now in our leagues that we play with that they know <laughs> they're going to know yeah. Stefan Diggs is worth picking up earlier. And I, th- I agree with that, but I think what's going to loom over him other than what more than what the other receivers are going to have looming over them is the fact that we've only seen this one really sure. good year out of Allen. And we've seen quarterbacks have one really good year and then just tumble down into the teens in, as far as the rankings go because he was – I some feel attacked right one. now. I feel like you're talking about me and my team and my quarterback. <laughs> no, no, although that is true. I wasn't, I was thinking, I was honestly, I was thinking more about Jackson than oh, okay. I was about, right. about Wentz. I feel a little but better now. <laughs> we can talk about how Wentz completely fell off the map too, if you want to. Not, uh, no, we already did that. We don't need to do it again, <laughs> but we'll be talking about it all off season anyway, moving along. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's basically what I was saying. I mean, that's that's it. Okay, this is going to be that question over top of Diggs' head that some people are going to 
Oh yeah, I mean, to, and, and it's a legitimate at least uh, situation to look at. Like, can Josh Allen do it again? If you think this was a fluke season, yeah. then obviously Stefan Diggs isn't going to catch another 127 balls next year. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's he's on my radar. You and I both love Josh Allen. We think he's going to do it again. Maybe not to the extent that he did it this year, but he's still yeah. going to be a very good quarterback. And, and and I would argue that Diggs probably won't catch another 127 balls yeah even like, next that's year, a lot that's it a is lot. so it should go down i still think he can get that 100 mark and it'll, he'll be a very successful wide receiver going forward sure uh moving along to our number four a wide receiver who i had at number four you had at number <laughs> two and network yeah. had at number five deandre hopkins uh, he was he's normally like a top two wide receiver I just had a yeah. little reservation with him, uh, with Kyler Murray in Arizona, and the reservation was partly warranted because he only had six touchdowns, but he had 115 yep. catches and 1,400 yards. So uh, all in all, he was the number four wide receiver, and it, he was featured, but it just seemed like Arizona kind of fell off halfway through the year and they stopped did. scoring as many points, and, and that kind of hurt him. But uh, compared to everybody else, he was still amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's a very safe bet to say that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be in the top five pretty yeah, much oh yeah. no matter what team he's on, and especially on the Cardinals. We all kind of figured he was going to get fed. And at the start of the season, we were all <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be insane because he was getting fed the ball. And then it did seem like the Cardinals just, I'm not going to say fell off the map, but they were stopped being talked about mm-hmm. because they were just being very mediocre. Yeah. And, I think that's kind of why Hopkins didn't have the year that we all thought he was going to have. But it's a safe bet to put him in the top five, which is where he was. He yep. ended up at four, so there's no problems there. Nope, no problems at all. Uh, the actual number five was somebody I had way down the list. I had him at, <laughs> uh, let's see, number 20. Uh, where did you have? Did you even have him on your list? No, I, I have him. He's, on, he's 21. 20. Okay, there he is. And let's see where Network had him. He had at 17. So out of the three mm-hmm. of us, Network had him ranked the highest. He ended up number five overall, and it was mostly because Julio Jones didn't do much this year. Calvin Ridley, mostly 90 catches, yep. nine touchdowns, good enough for number five overall. Um, kind of consistent, but he did disappear a couple of games. I think there was a game uh, close to playoff time where he had like zero catches, and that is not somebody that yeah. you want around that time of year. I This is somebody that I will not be taking – early if if there's any leagues that are going to be sitting oh yeah we really was another number five guy last year no he's not because julio wasn't playing now if if we all know that julio isn't going to be out there and he's not going to be what we know he can be then maybe you consider ridley a little bit earlier than you normally do but not i'm not doing it not doing it yeah so We'll talk about him now because we all had him ranked at number three. We're talking about yep. Julio Jones. Yeah, I took him in one of the big money leagues, and he so was <laughs> he was not good overall. He was ranked number fifty-two this yeah. year. Only yep. fifty-one catches, seven hundred and seventy-one yards, and three touchdowns. Um, I have a feeling in one of these next few episodes after we get done with our overanalyzing 
and the Super Bowl <laughs> is done, we're going to have another um, Dear Julio segment because mm. I've got a lot to say um, to Julio about Julio, and uh, <laughs> we got to get it off our chest because I thought he started proving me wrong after we had our first Dear Julio segment a couple of years back, and then he goes and uh, drops 2020 on us, and we we got to talk about it. So that'll be for another episode, but I just got to uh-huh. say Julio is not somebody you're going to be able to rely on going forward. You can't rely on him because he didn't play. Because but when he played, he was giving you 17 points per game. True. And that was that was that was saying that he had a four and a half point game, a seven and a half point game, and he had a six and a half point game. So other than that, all his games were very productive, enough to where you can consider that a very good start. And that's the thing with Julio is if he is on the field, that's why Ridley is going to go down. And I'm almost willing to bet the games that Julio had big games that Ridley didn't have as big of a game as he would have normally. More than I, likely. I don't know that for sure, so don't quote me on yeah. that. <laughs> um, then we've got uh, the second surprise, uh, Justin Jefferson, the number six overall wide receiver. Yeah. And I've talked about this before. I think it was on an episode or two that uh, Network was on uh, with me uh, when you were off. But he had that Julio Jones type of season that made me do the Dear Julio segment. <laughs> it was an up and down, a boomer bust every other game or so. He was amazing, and then he'd disappear and then he'd come back and have another great game disappear and then like every four games both justin jefferson and adam thielen who's the number 10 overall wide receiver they would both have a good game but they would kind of trade places and then they'd both show up and they trade places and they both show up and you're like how am i supposed to know which one of these guys is going to be good uh, on a week-to-week basis, overall, at the end of the year, they're both top 10 wide receivers, but you couldn't count on them week-to-week. Yeah, and this is exactly the same situation as it was when we had Thielen and Diggs on the same team. Right. I remember them being both successful, but you didn't really know which one you wanted on your team. So you would pick one and hope for the best that that was the week. I mean, Thielen did did really well. And he I did. would ex- expect him to continue doing that. But with Justin Jefferson, I, I almost willing to draft Thielen over Jefferson this year just because the the way Jefferson did it, it doesn't it doesn't make me feel like he's going to be able to repeat it. So I want to wait and see on him. And if he's going to be a fantastic wide receiver in this league, then we're going to see it next year. But we'll, I, I'd rather have somebody like Adam Thielen who I know is going to get me the points this next year unless he's banged up which is something he can be at times um whenever he's banged up it doesn't mean he doesn't play it just means he's not producing on the field (laughs) um but yeah i still think that he is somebody that i'd rather have than over jefferson at this time but any any time in the future even in the off season if we really see some huge things coming out of jefferson then i'll i'll consider him in the top 10 but as of right now, I have to kind of halt the brake, put the brakes on right now. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say about Adam Thielen is he was a top ten wide yeah. receiver, but he only had nine hundred and twenty five receiving yards. 
he just ended up scoring 14 touchdowns, whereas That's, Justin yeah. Jefferson only had seven, and he got all the yards. They were, you know, 88 catches for Jefferson, 74 for Thielen. But, again, it was double the amount of touchdowns for Adam Thielen to get even close uh, and into that top 10. And Adam Thielen isn't a guy that I believe can score 14 plus touchdowns on a year-to-year basis. Usually he's right around that 8, 9, 10 mark, I believe, uh, over the past few years. but Unless they find somebody else to be the red zone threat. That's true. I'm, That's true. I'm going to continue rolling with Adam Thielen, but they don't have anybody else who is a legitimate <laughs> enough red zone threat. But, I mean, that's possible. They could totally find somebody this offseason and it will take away from his value. So, before I move on, I do have a quote from Kyle Rudolph who (laughs) says he's not interested in a pay cut and, quote, I think I'm worth every dime of my contract. Uh, We'll talk about you next week, Kyle Rudolph, when we go over our tight ends, (laughs) and uh, it's probably not going to be pretty for you. Uh, And that's all I'll say about that till next week. Uh, then we have, and I see aces in our chat. Thanks for joining us. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, the number seven mm. and eight overall PPR wide receivers who both had amazing seasons, both scored 10 yep. touchdowns. It was a, a, a contrast. DK Metcalf had less catches, but more yards. Tyler Lockett had more catches, but less yards. And they were right there on top of each other. And, mm. We told you throughout the season, one's good against the zone, one's good against man-to-man, and if there's a defense that primarily goes against one of those, you know which one is going to get the points. And it was pretty much true every week of the season last year. There was a couple of teams that had like a hybrid zone-man thing that either they both did okay or both did good, but overall, number seven and eight, and... uh, yep. That's it's it's awesome to see, especially if you're a Seahawks fan. <laughs> it was awesome to see if you had Russell Wilson for the first half of the year, but there was a drop off and they yeah. ended up seven and eight, but it didn't feel like maybe that good of a season. I don't know what you th- your thoughts are. Well, I think that Metcalf is going to improve every single year, and at some point he's going to be an extreme stud. I think he's already a stud. He is. Honestly, just the way he's built is he's going to be a fantastic wide receiver going forward. And he might be one of the superstars in the next couple of years. And I've said that, I said that for the the last couple of years, because I really think he is that, that type of guy. Um, but when it comes to either right now, if you look at just the, the stats from, uh, this last year, you would have been really good having either Metcalf or Tyler Lockett in a uh, best ball league. Oh, that would have been great. It would have been absolute, absolute perfect because they both had really big weeks. Tyler Lockett had a 56-point week at one point, (laughs) and Metcalf ended up having a 40-point week. And then they all, both of them had 30 point weeks. I mean, it, it would have been a, a fantastic best ball league right there for both of them. And if you had both, that's, that's great too. Cause there's a yeah. very good chance you could have had both t- on your team. That's true. Um, but I, I, I do think going forward, Metcalf will be the better receiver. And I think that the Seahawks need to do something differently. Cause they, at the end of the season, they didn't seem right. Yeah, they I were don't know sluggish. If it's a Russell Wilson, something. Yeah. There, and they didn't have a consistent 
running game. Yes, Chris Carson was in there, yeah. but he wasn't amazing like he'd been, you know, the previous couple of years. And they didn't have the greatest tight end play, and their defense was lacking, so they're having to throw the ball more. It just wasn't the best recipe um, for Russell Wilson to win with at the end of the year because they really should have had a better record than they did, but they were just, they were fighting for points um, towards the end. And you could see there were just, they they were running out of gas at the end of the year. And well, they, they uh, ended up short. So um, fantasy wise, they were fine um, for most of the year. Hopefully you got them in when it counted, especially if you were playing DFS. Hopefully you were taking the advice of us when we said, okay, it's a man-to-man defense this week. Get your DK Metcalfs active in DFS. And when it was <laughs> zoned, funny. Tyler Lockett. You know, what's funny is I, we obviously I didn't have Metcalf and, and Lockett exactly where they should have been, but I was right on one thing. I had Lockett and Metcalf right next to each back other. To back. Yes, yeah. you did. And so I knew that that was going to happen because either way they were going to, one was going to be a huge one week and then one that was going to be a, a yep. big one next week. So I, I, I was, I'm kind of happy that I was right about that. I didn't have them in the right spots. Yeah. Well, we all had I them was in the teens, twenties right. area. Uh, just because we didn't think they would both have huge years. We thought they would right. both be good, but not top 10 good. So uh, mm-hmm. we were right, but not right, if that makes any <laughs> sense. Uh, I'll take whatever right I get. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, number nine overall was Allen Robinson. I had him yeah. down my list a little bit just because I, I did think we not, all kind of did. Did not oh, like no, the no. situation. You had him at 16. Uh, I had him Network at. Network had him at six. Wow. Well, he, and he right moved on. him up his list. He had him at nine, he moved him up to six. He should have kept him at nine. would have been absolutely <laughs> yeah. spot on the money. But despite the quarterback play in Chicago, Allen Robinson was still super consistent. I mean, if yep. he had a yep. real quarterback throwing to him oh in a gosh. real system, Allen Robinson the would Bears be a would top be so five. Much better. They would have been so much better. It would, it's unreal. Uh, then we've got uh, Mike Evans at 11, who... Um, I had at seven at the end of my rankings, you had at seven and network actually was one that kept him, uh, from start to finish at 13, which was pretty darn close. Uh, though Mike Evans did go over a thousand yards and 13 touchdowns, not probably as good as a lot of people were projecting because of Tom Brady coming to town. They thought, Oh, Mike Evans, uh, and Chris Godwin are just going to be an amazing duo. And, while they were good, they were yep. not as good as everybody made them out to be. So I dropped him. I had him originally at five. And then we talked about it and we're like, ah, is it really going to be that good for those guys? I just, I can't quite see it. So I, I bumped him back a couple of spots. Uh, where did well, you start him at? You started him at five, too. We I both started, started him at high five. And, and I dropped him a yep, little bit. We both did. So I, ju- I remember saying, and you said this before me, but. Remember, you said one of them will be good and the other one will be yeah. fine. And one hundred percent, I if I was going to pick one that was going to be good, it was been Mike Evans, and right. it was. And I I ended up having both of them um, on my list. Where did I have Godwin? I had oh, him at shoot. fourteen. Oh. You had him at fifteen. So okay, so he was higher on my list than he ended up being, but. 
I knew that Mike Evans was going to be better. A lot of people were taking Godwin first, and I remember specifically yes. saying that is ridiculous and you shouldn't <laughs> do that. And I believe that Network had Godwin ahead of Mike. Yes, he did. He had him at eight. Ah. So, gotcha, Network. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's move along to maybe a little bit of a surprise. Maybe we all didn't think he would be a – Wide receiver one, and he was just barely a wide receiver one at number 12 overall. I had him, uh, I put him up to 15. You put him up to 13. So we were getting higher on him. And Network had him all the way down at 24. He, for some reason, didn't like what he was seeing and bumped him back a bunch of spots. Talking about A.J. Brown. He had a very, very good year with Ryan Tannehill there in Tennessee. Uh, Almost the exact identical stats to Mike Evans, but it felt like he had a better year. It's so weird. I mean, it is literally they both had 70 catches, just over 1,000 yards. Evans had 13, and Brown had 11 touchdowns. So, like, right there on top of each other. But I feel like Brown had a more successful year. I don't know why that is. Well, I'm going to tell you why he had so many yard or not so many yard, so many touchdowns. Well, eleven touchdowns. You would I would not have predicted him to get eleven touchdowns. Um, the only reason he's got them touchdowns because when they would drive down the field with Derrick Henry, and then once they got to the goal line, fifty percent of the time they're going to pass it. So a lot of times they didn't have to throw the ball, and he only got over a 1,000 yards, so they did throw the ball a decent amount of times, but Derrick Henry was that offense. And once they got down there, more often than not, it was a 50-50 chance that they're going to either pass it in the end zone or, I mean, look at at Tannehill. How many touchdowns did Tannehill have? And what was his completion percentage in the red zone? Because he was pretty good, if I remember right. Oh, yeah, he was was very good. Um, And then Tannehill had – more rushing touchdowns because when they get down to the goal line, That's, instead well, of just yeah. banging yep. in with Derrick Henry, they like play action passed when everybody was there or they did a bootleg and everybody's like, Oh crap, Ryan Tannehill's way over there. And we all went to Derrick Henry <laughs> up the middle and Ryan Tannehill had like seven rushing touchdowns or something ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just Derrick Henry is so good that it helped the other players get some stats this year. And I think that's why A.J. Brown ended up being a wide receiver one. Yeah, I mean, it opens the entire offense up when you have a running back that is so ridiculous like Derrick Henry is. (laughs) So, yeah. All right, our next on the list, we were all pretty close, and this guy ends up in this same spot almost every single year. He averaged (laughs) 9.9 yards per catch which means he didn't quite make 1,000 yards off of his 100 Mm. catches. 100 Mm. catches, but only 992 yards and eight touchdowns. Just Mr. Consistent in a PPR format, Keenan Allen. We were all a little surprised by Justin Herbert overachieving, and Keenan Allen just, he got another quarterback to force feed him the ball, and... Again, just outside of wide receiver one territory. So if you got Keenan Allen in that sixth, fifth roundish area, we were all about it. You're like, please yep. take Keenan Allen in the fifth round if he's still there because yep. he will get you your points every single week. I don't know if there's much more to say about Keenan Allen. What do you got? Uh, I mean, obviously, no, really. Just, that's about it. But he did help me win 
that league that oh, network yes. had set up. So yeah, that was. That <laughs> I'm was very good. happy that I had him on my yep. team. You had a, a very very good team in that league, so that was mm-hmm. that was a fun one to watch. Uh, then we got another guy that you and I still probably don't give enough credit to because he still ends up somehow being a borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two. Robert Woods, uh, where did you have him at? 23. I had him at 26. I just, I did not believe in that offense. Network had him all the way up to 18. So, again, there's another wide receiver that we all kind of disagreed, or you and I disagreed with Network on, and he ended up being uh, closest to right at the end of the season. And it was, you know, I'll put my foot in my (laughs) mouth a little bit, I suppose. Going forward next year, if nothing really changes on that team, I will consider Woods a little bit higher. But I just, there's just something about him I just can't do. And I think it's the Rams. I don't know. It is. It is. (laughs) And here's the thing with Robert Woods. You look at his receiving stats and you're like, how was he this high? Because he only had 90 catches, mm-hmm. 936 yards, and six touchdowns. That's not normally a high wide receiver, too. But he also had 24 carries for 155 yards and two touchdowns. So they that's used true. him in more rushing capacity this year, and, and that is what vaulted him up to that. If he were just that 90 for 936 and six guy, he'd probably be closer to like 18 and we'd be a little more closer to right than we were. But he ended up at 14, and uh, if, if you drafted him in probably, what, the third round, you'd probably have to take him. He, he was actually pretty worth it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, then a uh, guy I moved, or I kept at 11. Uh, well, let's see, you had him at 8 to start, moved him back to 11. Uh, Network <laughs> had him at 10 and moved him back to 11 ended up 15th <laughs> overall Amari Cooper who had a really good year when he yeah. had nobody throwing in the ball except for the first like three weeks of the season yeah, yeah. Uh, Amari Cooper he could still be a top 10 wide receiver if Dak Prescott comes back and plays for Dallas again and he's healthy I mean it's a whole nother conversation to have but for Amari Cooper to do what he did with Andy Dalton, and I don't even remember the other guys' names that they had playing <laughs> for him because they were so abysmal, but he did still have some fantasy-relevant games. But it yep. was kind of a hit or miss after about week six or seven. He'd show up and disappear and show up and disappear. So it wasn't exactly um, enjoyable to put him in your lineup this year, right. but his overall stats look like he had a really good year, and that's going to be one of those – uh, maybe fool's gold for somebody. Uh, well, Amari still did good without a good quarterback. I'll take him in the third round. I don't know that I'll go that far with him next year unless yeah. Dak is there and healthy. If Dak is there, it's, he's, his value is going to almost go too crazy because of how Dak performed in the first weeks that he was playing. Yep. But it, it, you do see a more consistent uh, Amari Cooper with Dak Prescott because the first three weeks he had 18, 16, 18. And I don't, what, did he get hurt week three or week four? I don't uh, remember. I think it was the end of week four or the beginning of week okay. five. I don't remember which. Cause All was... right. Well, either way, he had a week four was 37, and then it was a 4.4. That has to be the first week yeah. without yep. Dak. And then 23, 16, 1, 15, 15, 
I mean, it, it's it's more inconsistent. Yep. Where it's going up and down. Where Amari Cooper was very consistent in the first few weeks, and he had an explosion game that fourth week. And that can always happen if Dak Prescott's going to be the, the quarterback. So I would have to assume that it's going for me even, and somebody I'd never really liked until recently, I think Amari Cooper is going to be somebody on my list if Dak can somehow get back quickly. Sure. Because there's no question to me that he's he's going to be a very consistent player with Dak Prescott as a quarterback. Which leads us to number 16, probably the least impressive wide receiver to end-of-year stat line that I have ever seen in my life. We talked about Keenan Allen not quite averaging 10 yards, had 100 catches, couldn't quite break the 1,000 yards. Well, Juju Smith-Schuster had 97 catches. And before, when Antonio Brown was on the team, when he had anywhere near that many catches, he was probably, what, 1,300 yards? He had 831 yeah. yards on those 97 catches. There were multiple weeks where he had like nine catches for 54 yards. I'm like, how do you do that? They just throw it to him and he just falls down. What was going on? <laughs> I don't know, but I feel like he needs to go to a different team, a different team that's willing to, I don't want to say slap him around a bit, but you know, just get in his head say, Hey, you got to straighten up a little bit. You know, you're you're not the second coming of Antonio Brown. You're not going to change your name to Mr. Big Chest. Just, you know, stay on the, the straight and narrow right now. You don't have to go crazy because it seemed like he was starting to be a little bit of that diva type of guy, even without being that diva right. type of guy. Um, so I just, I think he needs to go a different team. I think the, I think the Steelers are trying to be a different team. And so I think Juju, I don't know what they're going to do with him. But I think he needs to go somewhere else. I don't know where. I mean, I if the Jets are willing to take him, I'd be okay with that. As as long as, as long as our head coach is willing to sm- smack him around a little bit and say, "Hey, this is what we need you to do. You right. have to do it. Stop complaining. And get off of Twitter." Yeah, he he's another one where uh, we were all close. Uh, I mean, I had him the highest yeah. at nine. You had him at ten, and Network had him at twelve. So we all thought the same about him. He ended up yeah. just under that. But if he would have had the same amount of yards on those 97 (laughs) catches that he normally would make, he probably would have been close to that top 10 wide receiver. That just tells me, that just shows me it's a little more of a lack of effort. I mean, you got to get yards after carry and yard after after catch. And I don't know what his stat is there. And I don't know if that's popped up on this list that we have, but maybe I'll look that up real quick as you go into the next one. Uh, Next one, uh, surprise for me, I mean, maybe not after all was said and done when you look at this next year and think, oh, well, Deshaun Watson had nobody to throw to, so of course he's going to have a wide receiver in, you know, the top 20. Well, Brandon Cooks ended up at 17, but my goodness, I didn't hear his name that often as a Mm. target or like, Ooh, I got to play him in DFS this week. There was a couple where you knew the defense was bad and you could stick him in there, but he did overall end up with 1150 yards on 81 catches, six touchdowns. That is a Brandon cooks year. I mean, that's where we originally drafted Brandon cooks as like a wide receiver two type player. It just, I'm not, sure how he ended up with that because he really didn't feel like he was doing that well 
it's just another one of them players that I've never really wanted to take <laughs> right. on my fantasy team. And it, it, it may cost me a little bit because I might reach for somebody else because I don't like him. Yeah. But because uh, I could end up taking him and it would work out because of where I'm probably getting him in the drafts. Yeah. But I, it's just one of them guys I just never really care for. And I probably will continue to not care for it. Now, I want to go back to Juju. Okay. Um, he had uh, in 2008. Our 2017 in the regular season, 6.9 yards per per, um, 6.9 yards after the reception. Okay. And then in 2018, 5.6. 2019, 5.8. 2020, 4. Oof. Ooh. And it's a that's a decent Ooh. that's a decent drop off. That's a huge and then, drop. <laughs> yeah, and then in the that one postseason game that they had this year 2.6 so it seems like it's a lack of effort out of him he's not trying to do that so the yards after catch really does tell me something with him yeah that will be something to keep a close eye on next year uh maybe you don't want to take the chance on him depending on where he lands if he stays in pittsburgh or goes somewhere else if he gets more yards per catch next year on a different team, we're going to look back at this and be like, hmm, if yeah. we start seeing signs of him being yep. unhappy, you may need yeah. to uh, drop him down your list uh, quite a ways. Agreed. Yeah, completely. All right. Well, 18 through, let's say, 24 um, not sure anybody had any of these guys in this area. <laughs> Marvin Jones, because Kenny Galladay was hurt all season long, ended up as the mm-hmm. 18th wide receiver just because he was the only target left for Matt Stafford other than TJ Hawkinson. 19, a guy that we had, we liked, Robbie Anderson, started off yeah, like gangbusters yeah. and still was good for most of the season. 95 catches, 1,096 yards, only three touchdowns. So another guy to keep your eye on for next year, is he going to be another PPR guy? Because that's not what we originally thought Robbie Anderson was going to be. We thought it was going to be 70 catches for 1,100 yards and like six to eight touchdowns, which would have got him in about the same exact area. Um, But he did it in the complete opposite way that we thought he would do it in. So it, it was it was interesting to watch him in Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater because we we all know what Teddy Bridgewater is capable of and that is just enough. Uh, I, yeah. There was that meme, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is the guy who is going to get you exactly what you think he is, uh, and he is also going to be the guy who doesn't get you anything at all. You know, <laughs> something on that area. And, and that's basically what it was. Uh, he did support the number 19 and 25 overall wide receivers, but he himself as a fantasy uh, quarterback was just kind of like middle of the pack. So a couple of guys to keep your eye on next year, especially – if Christian McCaffrey is healthy for that team, <laughs> those guys' that's, stats that's may go key. down, of course, of yeah. course. Uh, then we got number 20, Terry McLaurin, who I I started to warm up a little bit. Uh, I added him uh, or moved him up my list just a little bit because I knew Washington was going to, well, if 
Dwayne Haskins. We're going to be that quarterback all year long. I don't think Terry McLaurin finishes as a wide receiver, too. No. Um, nope. Let's see. Where did you have Terry McLaurin? Uh, I know we were all kind of wishy-washy. Um, yeah, you had him at the very, very end as your wide receiver three. Uh, let's see. That's true. Network yep. had him as... 31, I bumped him up to 31. So we were, I mean, lukewarm you on know, him. You, you want to know why McLaurin was so low on mine? Why was that? And this is one me 100% being honest. <laughs> and this is partially the reason that nobody, like I would have never put him up higher is because I, he's forgettable because it's the team and the quarterback situation that he was on. True. And I just thought if it's this guy, then I don't like it. But if it's this guy and they're going to keep flopping back and forth, I don't know if I like that situation. So it, it, it was just completely forgettable for him. And then all of a sudden I got to the bottom of the list and I'm like, like, you know what? I should put I him, put him somewhere. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, he's got to be on my list I mean, he's talented and he's going to be successful, but I just didn't trust putting him any higher than that. Yep. I think that's kind of where I was at too. Uh, he ended up with, 87 catches for 1118 yards that that's a yeah, pretty good season good. for what he had to work with yes alex smith came in eventually and had some decent rapport with him but there really wasn't anything spectacular that were happening no. between those quarterbacks and any of the wide receivers so getting to 20 out of terry mclaurin i'm impressed and if they keep alex smith i think they'll be better yes. rapport with him or if they try and get somebody like <laughs> Deshaun Watson or, you know, Matt Stafford. That's interesting, yeah. Terry McLaurin could be a very sneaky guy to pick up in the, you know, fourth round or so next year and hope for a, a really good season. Um, yep. Then we got a few more guys. I'll just rattle them off real quick. Deontay Johnson, another hit-or-miss mm. guy, but with enough mm. stats, put him as a low-end wide receiver too. C.D. Lamb, with as much garbage as he had to put up with, Again, yeah, low-end yeah. wide receiver, too. Somebody that you might fall down those lists next year. C.D. Lamb could be mm. that guy you get in the fifth, sixth, seventh round, and you could be very happy with him. Again, totally dependent yeah. on Dak Prescott. Um, you got something to add for either of those guys? Um, Deontay Johnson, um, and I'll just say the next guy on the list, Chase Claypool. Sure. If Juju isn't on the team next year and they ended up saying we don't need you we have these two guys i love these two guys i think they are extremely talented the one problem with johnson is he has to be on the field right and that is concerning and claypool the one problem with him is not so much on the field as he needs to just keep his head in the game yeah. i've seen i saw it way too many times to where he just kind of like had a brain fart and I'm just like, what are you doing out there? <laughs> he would disappear. <laughs> but, and it's like, hey, he just that's, didn't feel like playing that game or something. And that's why Juju had the stats that he had. It, it, it's, it's not that I think Juju was completely bad this year. It's just the fact that the other two guys had a couple of things they need to correct. And if they do correct that, them two guys are going to be really, really good in fantasy football. Whether or not the Steelers will be good. I don't know. But I think they need to move on from Juju because these two guys are very talented, and I don't see any reason to have Juju sitting, uh, filling up a roster and just making you 
constantly wonder why you have him at this point because of Jim. I, I, he's just not good enough. And obviously, we've already descri- the, described that with his yards after the catch. Right. But he he's just he's he's a I don't want to say cancer for the team, but it feels like he's starting to become one of those warts. He feels <laughs> like bigger and bigger. Randy Moss on the Raiders. I'm not saying he's Randy Moss the player, no. but compared to what he was, and then all of a sudden he went somewhere and was like, I don't feel like playing. And was Randy Moss any good at all on the Raiders, though? I feel like that was no. That's a what I'm saying. It wasn't. It year. wasn't a switching teams thing for Juju. It was for Randy Moss. He was amazing, and then he switched teams, and he was crap. And then he goes to the Patriots and is good again. Juju just didn't feel like playing for the Steelers yeah. anymore. Same ish situation. It felt like to me. He's like, oh, I'm just. I'm taking the play off. Yeah, I'm going to get the reception, but after that, eh, I'll just I'll just lay down <laughs> and take what gets to me. Um, but before we move on to the next couple of guys, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson feel very similar because uh, just similar to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett on a lesser level. Because yeah. they weren't all doing it all the time. It was a Deontay Johnson game. Then there was a Chase Claypool game. Then they'd throw yeah. in a Juju game. He did have a couple of really good games here and there, but not all of them at the same time. Uh, there was more of a two out of the three were doing good, and it was very hard to see which one of those was the guy to have that week. Just just listen for, for one second because yep. – Deontay Johnson had 144 targets. He had less receptions than Juju, but Juju had 128 targets. And Claypool had 109 targets. Yeah. This is part of, part of what I'm talking about. He only had 62 receptions. Right. So he's not doing something correctly on the field to, to capitalize on the targets that he had. I do like this stat out of Claypool. He had 10 carries for 16 yards, but two touchdowns. <laughs> so they were giving him reverses down by the yeah. goal line or you know yeah. lateral-ish type passes so they do use Claypool in uh, different situations Deontay Johnson even had uh, three carries so uh, something to look out for next season and I have to somewhat apologize uh, for about Teddy Bridgewater because I completely scanned over this guy's name not only did teddy bridgewater have 19 and 25 he also had the number 24 wide receiver in curtis samuel again well, there's a, 41 there's a carries there, and 200 yards and two touchdowns for curtis samuel that's what vaulted him into that top 24 the the reason that he's in the top 24 is exactly what you just said he had 200 yards rushing not going to happen next year if we have a healthy Christian <laughs> right. McCaffrey. All right, exactly. Um, the problem here is uh, I think we all still thought DJ Moore was going to be pretty good. I mean, you had him yeah. at 19. Uh, let's see. Uh, Network had him at 9. I had him at 13 by the end. So he was a little bit of a disappointment. You were lower bit. on him. Um, yep. what was the, I don't remember the reasoning you had him as low because I know he was high on a lot of people's lists. It's just as, as much as I don't like going off of feelings, sometimes you just go off of the guys you just feel like you don't 
want to be successful. For whatever reason, I don't like DJ Moore. I did this rookie year, and then it just was like, you know what? I, there's something going on there that I just can't put my finger on that I just don't want to have him. But I, I put him on my list. It wasn't well, like of I course, yeah. completely you know, forgot about the guy. But, yeah, I just wasn't there with him. All right, a few other guys, and then uh, we will uh, end this wide receiver show. Uh, Cooper Cup, he was a little bit of a disappointment. He wasn't bad, but he wasn't as good as I thought he was going to be. I think we all had him fairly high. Oh, you had him at 22. I had him at 22. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I guess (laughs) it was just me that, uh, really. Here's the thing though. I had cup, I had cup and woods right next to each other. Ah, True. So difference. All right. Um, then we got, uh, a bit of a surprise. Cole Beasley, who was forgettable when John Brown was healthy. And then when John Brown was not healthy, he was a beast and we all loved Cole Beasley towards the end of the season. He was getting mm-hmm. a ton of looks and a ton of catches. PPR guy, so much. Uh, it was fun to see him, but don't rely on these kind of stats next year. Oh, he no. probably will regress. He will. He will for sure. And he is another big reason of why I won the w- league with Network and why we both made it to the championship oh, yes. game in that big money league, and we made some pretty good cash. But. I mean, the fact of the matter is you're not sitting there thinking Cole Beasley's my guy <laughs> and he's going to win me this league. But when you start looking at stuff and you, the way we did, we ended up going to get him. I don't think we've drafted him. E- either one of us did. I don't but think so. No, no, we ended up seeing what he could be. And so we picked him up and that's, you don't always win the league by drafting. Right. Sometimes very rarely you do. And I kind of did this year, that one with the network. You did. League, yeah, but I you didn't draft. Great. I didn't draft Beasley. I picked him up. Okay. All right. Uh, then we got, there's, here's a couple names to keep an eye on next year. And again, this is going to be all dependent on quarterback health. Talking about hmm. T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. We all know AJ green is probably going to be gone hopefully he can revive himself again. I loved watching yep. AJ green play, but he's not somebody I'm going to pick up next year, but no, not at all. T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd is going to be the Keenan Allen ish type player on the Bengals. Yep. If Joe Burrow is healthy and T Higgins is going to be that red zone guy, big play over the middle uh, guy they're going to have similar ending of the year stats, but they're going to get them in different ways. And if Joe Burrow is healthy, I am going to be looking at both of these guys very, very closely in drafts next year, because you're going to get them late because their stats didn't show much at the end of the year. So keep an eye on those Cincinnati guys. I know you love T Higgins uh, in the draft. You were hoping the jets were going to get him in the second round, but the Bengals took him right away at the start of that day. Um, but yeah, keep your, keep your eye out, uh, for sure on those two guys next year. Then you got Corey Davis who was starting to, uh, he, he was starting to make me doubt him less. And then he kind (laughs) of disappeared for a couple games like, Oh no, but he had some clutch catches. He had some good games. I don't know if I'm going to be as 
interested in him next year as I thought I was going to be. Yeah. Because he really ended the season with a whimper. Yes, he did. And I, he was somebody that did not help me win the league in the, no. in the Networks League, but he helped me get to the place I was. Right. I had a first round bye. I didn't have to worry about playing that first week because he did. He was consistent enough for me to be able to play him every single week. And it's guys like him, which I did draft Davis, but I didn't draft Beasley. So it's guys well, like you drafted him Davis in like the twelfth round or something, didn't you? You're like, well, I, I might as well I give him a chance. Uh, I, I yeah, remember I, you saying like, there's nothing else. There's Should nothing I really else do there. It? <laughs> I mean, you gotta go with the guy. And I knew if I would have passed up on him, you probably would have taken him next anyway. So that's I had probably to do true. That. Probably true. Uh, then we were talking about Chris Godwin earlier, thirty-one. He ends yep, up 31. Not, not exactly a good thing. And you know what's funny? Look at everyone else around him in this. If you just look at the oh, owned yeah. percentage, 96.6 for Godwin. All the other people around him are in the 70s, 70s. or lower, except for Jarvis Landry. He right. was at 86.2. Yep. But that's pretty crazy, man. And in between those two is Will Fuller, who uh, for once didn't get hurt. But he ended up getting booted for performance-enhancing yep. drugs. But it's he always was something with him. He was on <laughs> his way to his best. Season. This may have been his best <laughs> statistics ever, and he still missed the last six games. Uh, yeah. So if you think he was, uh, I don't know, screwed over is the term. He says his guy that he got his stuff from said this was okay to use, but it was actually on the list of not okay to use. I, I don't know what Hard to, to believe trust anyone there. anymore, to be honest. Right. But, but if you believe that Will Fuller actually had a full healthy season and he can do it again, he's somebody you might be able to get late again and help you uh, in an immense way because he had 53 catches for 879 yards and eight touchdowns. That's what we expect out of him. We just don't expect it in an actual 10-game-in-a-row span that he did it in. <laughs> Well, here's the thing, and I'm gonna, I'm going to end talking about Will Fuller with this, <laughs> because I, I just I don't think I'll have him again on any leagues, just because I don't believe that he's telling me the truth, and I think that he took the whatever it was he was taking to stay healthy, <laughs> and it reminds me a lot of uh, the year that Ryan Braun, I'm a Brewers fan, waiting for that. Remind, it reminds me of when Ryan Braun was taking stuff. I don't think it was to improve his performance, but it was it was to make sure that he was healthy for the entire year. And he was healthy for the entire year. Yeah. And he was the MVP for that league yeah. for that year. But Ryan Braun was a little different because he not just lied about it. He like threw people <laughs> under the right. bus for it. So it was a little different there. A little bit. I would say Will Fuller handled it a little bit better than Braun did. <laughs> but... I, I just don't believe that Will Fuller could stay healthy for an entire season. And the only reason he was healthy was because of what he was taking. That's my final take. I will not talk about it again. That is hard to argue with. Uh, we may never <laughs> know the answer, but it is a giant possibility giving all the years leading up to here and what we know about Will Fuller. Yep. That's, that's where I'll leave it. Um, <laughs> 
few more things and we will end it. There's just, I'm looking at our list. I'm not even looking at the final standings. I'm looking at mm-hmm. our list. I see guys like Julian Edelman, Debo Samuel, no. Marquise Brown, Darius Slayton, Michael Gallup. All these yeah. guys didn't even make it to where we, we got all the way up to uh, 33. And all these guys were not even there. Marquise Brown was 36, yeah. so he was there. Gallup, 38. Devontae Parker, 40. Manuel Sanders, T.Y. Hilton, all just kind of sitting in that way back wide receiver three, wide receiver four, and they just underperformed, and we did not get what we wanted out of them. We thought we were getting some really good value out of some of these guys like oh man if you can get them in the seventh eighth round that'd be amazing and guys like emmanuel sanders though they ended up with stats that looked like they should be there it was very hit and miss for him because michael thomas wasn't there the quarterbacks were changing and you know ty hilton it it looked like he was going to have a bounce back year and then he disappeared for a while like what is going yeah, on with some weird. of these household names that we used to rely on and we would re- constantly have in our top uh, wide receiver three uh, top part of our list, and it just it just didn't happen. Jarvis Landry mm-hmm. is one of the biggest ones you mentioned. He was at, uh, what, 33. I mean, that's, yeah. that's wide receiver three territory, and he did – most of this year without Odell Beckham, who we didn't talk yep. about. Ooh, I had at I, 12, no. you had at, uh, oh, six, really, yep. six. Yeah, that's pretty sad. <laughs> the, here's the thing with OBJ, and we mentioned this a couple of years ago, yep. even when we were at the Expo. This was one of my points, was OBJ always improved the other wide receiver. And it goes back to every single person that he yep. was playing with, even on the uh the giants so without obj it really hurts the 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 main guy even though he he had some successful games jarvis was just very underwhelming so that's part of it and the another big one for me that i hated to see completely bust and i understand why it was but julian edelman i thought was going to have a much better year than obviously what he did i mean he's hurt but it's just there's a lot of it's you can't predict the injuries you can't predict some of these things like Christian McCaffrey or right. Saquon Barkley I mean they, they, these are these are things you can't predict but Julian Edelman was not good no. I mean, he wasn't horrible but he wasn't good before he got hurt anyway so he would have probably ended up being a bust anyhow yep. he sure would have uh, then there's a couple of guys that are just outside this area to look at maybe next year. Guys like Jerry Judy, LaVisca Chenault, Mm. if Trevor Lawrence is going to be a Jaguar, LaVisca Chenault could have more value. Who knows? Uh, Mm. Guys like um, Marquez Valdez-Scantley. I know we've been saying it for a couple of years, but it looked like he started to, you know, come around a little bit. Um, Only 33 receptions, but I would almost guarantee you that is going to double next year. Maybe. I mean, those 33 receptions were for 690 yards, which is almost 21 (laughs) yards a catch and six touchdowns. So if he could get more targets, he would definitely jump up that list. He's on my radar next year for sure. Uh, Other than that, uh, there's not a whole lot uh, to talk about for wide receivers. It was either injured or just a complete falling off the map or guys that, 
did not uh, perform even when given the chance, you know, like Jalen Rieger and the Eagles situation. There was not a wide receiver to be had there. Um, But there's a lot of guys that we will keep our eye on. And half of them need to have a healthy quarterback in 2021, and they will be some fantasy wide receiver gods. And Another guy way down the list that we didn't talk about, we kind of did a little bit. But Antonio Brown, I mean, if he is going to play next year, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be somebody <laughs> you're gonna be picking up in the early ish rounds, not right away, obviously, but he is somebody who's going to have success if he's on the Buccaneers with Tom Brady. Well, let's extrapolate that data, and that'll be our last point for the evening. <laughs> he played in eight games for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year, forty-five catches on sixty-two targets. 483 yards and four touchdowns. If you double that to 16 games, that is 90 catches for 900 or almost a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. That's still a very productive wide receiver. That probably mm-hmm. puts him in wide receiver two ish territory. And there's going to be a lot of people that are still scared. And there's reason to be scared. There's still things going on with him off the field that you got to keep an eye on. And we will still have our segments for twat next year. I'm sure we will. (laughs) Of course we will. (laughs) We haven't had one in a while. He's been quiet. Maybe Tom Brady has been keeping him under wraps. I think that's a big part of it. And I honestly don't know if if he had another quarterback. That's why I specifically said Tom Brady. Right. Because if I think if he had another quarterback, he might start going crazy again. But and for some reason, he gets the respect from Tom Brady because he's he's the greatest of all time. I mean, he has to sit there and say, "I can't, I can't talk bad to Tom Brady." He's <laughs> been to ten Super Bowls now, but Antonio Brown only played you know half the season or whatever it was, fifteen point four points per game. That's not bad. That that to me is, let's see where that's at on average. Hold on a second. Let me sort (laughs) that real quick. Uh, 15.5 puts him right smack at uh, wide receiver 14. Yeah. 14, that's good enough as a wide receiver too. That's pretty good. And you won't have to spend a a high pick on him next year, guaranteed. But again, you may lose him at any time moment <laughs> speaking of losing at any moment that is going to do it for us i appreciate it wait why did we lose they're losing us until next oh, week until next week okay good when I we, we talk about forever. the amazing position of tight end uh it'll probably uh, be a shorter episode can uh, we skip this episode <laughs> uh, oh. we can't skip it because there are things i'd like to talk about i know it's just tight ends just so ugh. it was another horrible year and we'll get into it next <laughs> week uh but for now uh thank you for joining us on twitch thank you for listening in podcast land and don't forget to stay fueled up this off season <laughs>